Hi there, and welcome to Not Just Reality, a podcast dedicated to good, bad, and maybe embarrassing TV. Hi guys, and welcome back to our podcast. I'm Tamara. And I'm Jade. Hello, beautiful people all over the world. Join hands, love train. <laughs> We're here for You're another never week. Gonna be able to say that without the love train part ever again in life. Because no, it's an it's an integral part. I have yeah. to say. You're gonna it. be like old and gray. You're gonna be like love train. Love people train. Like, people all over the world. <laughs> Join hands. But seriously, start a love train. So great Oof, to be back here another week in paradise and married at first sight paradise. Before we jump into this episode, which was interesting, mm-hmm. um, did you notice anything else happening in the streets, on social media, with any of these other people that are part of the franchise? Um, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been looking on our Instagram and the folks that we follow on said Instagram, and it's been, again, you know, Mirla is quiet, she's in love, booed up. Um, Man. you know, noise doing her usual, um, antics. Um, I believe someone had a birthday. What was his name? The guy who was married to crazy Michaela. What was his name? Greg? No. Zach. Oh, she is Mick. Mike. Okay. Yeah. Zach, Zachary <laughs> Freeman. <laughs> yes. Zachary. Yes. He, um, he had a birthday. I think he turned like 29 or something. I was oh, like, oh, I Aw. forgot he's that young. Goodness. I know. I was like, look at him, a baby. Babe. Fresh face, little babe. Um, so, yeah. So, he celebrated a birthday. And then I feel like that was all I saw. Did you see anything that I did not see? Girl, no. <laughs> like, actually, no. <laughs> didn't see a darn thing. Didn't see, didn't look didn't keep eyes out for yeah it's been pretty quiet i don't know if maybe just because i don't have time to like yeah like i don't know if i just don't have time to like scour the internet but i'm just like i don't see probably for the best so who needs to do that yeah so you know y'all living out there living and let live beautiful we love it it's like nothing is going on his page just mm. (laughs) (laughs) and then i'm completely forgot who what was the season last oh that was jasmina um Michael. Oh, and Michael, yeah. And then I was I was thinking of the girl who we didn't um Olajuwon. How did I, I have completely Katina forgotten Olajuwon. about them? See I how actually you dumped all those people. Just but I literally I stumbled upon her page because Jasmina and her are like actually like friends. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was very chill. Like she and you know, Olajuwon, I guess, are just like minding their business. And I'm like, wow, who would have thought that y'all would have made it? Never would have made it. I mean, the Ooh. compatibility between those two on the levels of like on the gondola, it is. They are <laughs> on they the are together intelligence level. I think they're vibing. They're, they mm-hmm. get the same things. They understand each other. So beautiful. Um, but Jasmina's Instagram, wow, she's always dressing. She is. I she like always that about out her. going places, doing things. I was like her and what's his name? Now Michael. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, I don't know if they would have worked out. I don't know if he's necessarily in her quote unquote league. Yes, yeah. Like, and um, she just seems very outgoing and like uh, she's, you know, she's, 
you know, out there living life. And I, I just don't I'm really know how glad that... you've grown more of an appreciation for her. I really I have. Her. Like, I think that the way she was portrayed on the show was, you know... And, and and now that we know that, like, they didn't talk for, like, a month, like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, uh, Michael. So, yeah, I actually really enjoy her on social media. I yeah. love her little outfits. Um, I, don't, I, don't have, I don't think I've seen his social media, so I don't even know what he got going on. But hope he's doing well. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. So it seems like all of our former friends are, you know, taking care of their lives. Everyone's mm-hmm. doing what they need to do. Beautiful. Love it. Let's jump into episode 13, The Ugly Truth. Dun, dun, Take us in. So, setting up the episode, of course, we have Pastor Cal telling us a little bit about what we can expect, but I'll give you the short version. Uh, the experts are making an appearance. It's basically an expert kind of based episode. Um, people are supposed to have difficult conversations. They're doing things a little bit differently this season where in prior seasons, kind of like how it happened last week, I guess, with Dr. Pia, she went to every couple and talked to them except for Lindy and Miguel. Mm -hmm. But this season, on this episode at least, they're all meeting with their preferred expert maybe. I'm not sure how (laughs) they're assigning the experts. Um, So to start us off, Lindy and Miguel are returning Baby McGindy, um, putting him it they outside the door. Um, <laughs> we're unsure of McGindy's preferences. Um, Morgan is uh, doing her little diary cam saying she's just tired Gosh. of being sad. And I'm tired of seeing you. I'm sorry, Ooh. but I was just like, I'm so tired of like seeing her. Yeah, yeah. Such toxicity. Yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging. Um, and we have Stasha and Nathan doing some face masks. So it's fun. Um, anywho, skip all that stuff. That's just like the intro. We start with Kristen. She's meeting with Mish's sister-in-law, Stephanie, who I guess she's grown some kind of relationship with. This was also new to me to um, have people meeting with the other person's people after like the brunch, honeymoon mm-hmm. brunch. Yeah, this must um, be something new. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be this one, but it happens all throughout the episode. So Mitch's sister-in-law, Stephanie, is there. Kristen seems very happy to be talking to her, like they've known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, she tells her that she struggled with Mitch's contrarianism. And Stephanie, I know. I was like, I guess that would be how you would identify that word or put that ending on there. Hmm. Yeah, I just didn't, like, that's not what I would have thought. That would come to mind, but I was like, yeah, okay. I probably would have said, like, pessimism. Yeah, honest, or just, like, but. his foolishness. But, I mean, I guess contrarianism is, is I think she's good. thought long and hard about how to word things in regard yeah. to him. If only he thought the same. Um, yes. Stephanie says that when she and her husband, Mitch's brother, uh, well, when she met Mitch, she had a little bit of issues with his delivery because, as you guys know, Mitch is very big on his environmentalism and is encouraging everyone he can to save the planet mm-hmm. um and she says it used to create issues with them but they've i guess worked on it with him and he's realized his attacks like when he's attacking people for using plastic or other things don't really motivate people to change and she says they still use diapers um but they have made some changes like they still use disposable diapers where i guess mitch if he was a parent he would cloth diaper his child 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's only so much you can control what other people do. In their right? Homes yeah. I with mean, their like kids kind of have to like mind your business. Like if they're using cloth or or metallic or whatever, like. I don't know. I feel like we should be the kind thing. of person like I'm not coming over if that's if I see a plastic diaper. <laughs> I'm not coming over if y'all are uh, goodness bringing out the paper plates like y'all need to use the real. Plates. I mean, paper plates is kind of like. I mean, there's but like levels. if somebody has a function, <laughs> I would almost expect for them to have like disposable. Really stuff. interesting. Usually, I feel like like at a cookout, like oh well, yeah. Like I mean, like if we're if we're outside <laughs> in the barbecue. Then yeah, yeah. But I don't know if Mitch Mitch is not going to that. Concert. I thought you meant if he came over to the house, you were like, all right, paper plates, paper cups. <laughs> well, no, not like if you came over to dinner, but like the housewarmings. Remember how Goodness. he was like, we need to get like the little ramekins instead of the shot paper, plastic shot glasses. Oh yeah, yeah. And so, I guess I also question like, even through the use of plastic, is recycling not an option? Is he not? gonna be okay like if it's all recyclable well i don't think so because it, it sounds like the issue is plastic period rather you like you know, plastic you production or not. yes yeah mm. yeah so i mean which i guess i can kind of understand and again like there's yeah. levels like i think i was looking i was going to target and someone was walking out with like a case of bottled water and oh, I was just goodness. like, that's interesting. <laughs> like, In you know, <laughs> right? That's why I said, like, there's levels. Like, me, I'd be like, all oh, this plastic. Like, and honestly, like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just, everyone's on a different level of, you know, where they are in environmentalism. And I think his method is to, like, just attack people. Mm. And I don't know if that's really the best method. Yeah, I think he's very strong in his approach. Instead of saying, like, oh, well, I'll just use a, a regular plate, he'll like, no, everyone should. Right. And it's a bit... That'd be a bit forceful. Indeed. Indeed. Um, okay. That's all I have else? for those two. I mean, Kristen and Stephanie. The only thing I noticed was that she said something about they don't use pouches. What are pouches? Oh, I think like uh, sandwich baggies. Well, couldn't they just use the um, the snatcher, the stature bags that are the like the stature ones? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what she was saying. Like we don't use like sandwich plastic sandwich bags. We switch. To oh, those. okay, okay. So which I would make sense that. like for kids, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and then I noticed that Kristen said something. She said she wants to be the co-pilot to his mission, but she needs more information. I'm like, Kristen, do you really want to be the co-pilot to his mission? It's mm. okay if you don't. <laughs> Like, this is yeah, crazy. I think it's a bit forced at this point. Um, like, she's just really trying to make it work. And I'm like, I guess, girl. Yeah. yeah. So moving forward, um, this is Lindy and Miguel. Um, they had an outing. Did any of the other couples have a date? Did you notice Lindy that? and Miguel on a different show. I don't know if you noticed. They had a whole baby. <laughs> they were like, outings. They had really their sure. own date. Nobody else went anywhere. So I was like, okay. But they also didn't talk to each other's people. Or what oh, he did. that's true. He, but yeah, she but she didn't, didn't talk, she didn't to, talk his. to his friend Steve that keeps showing up. So. Oh, yeah. Or his sister. I wonder what that's mm-hmm. about. Hmm. Interesting. They're, I'm telling you, they're on like a, a whole like side quest show where they're on a different Clearly. track than everybody else. Okay, I just thought I'd notice. I was like, that's strange. Um, <laughs> so they're doing one of the typical mass outings, which is axe throwing. Did you notice she wore this uh, jumpsuit last episode? Yeah. I mean, you 
know, okay. she was, you know, recycling and. I mean, but I, I liked know, it last whatever. episode, but now I'm like, okay. This yeah, was just... the way she appeared at this episode, I was like. Mm. I liked it with the, the shirt she had on last time as opposed to this one. And it was like, yeah. Oh, I was like, I suppose. Um, <laughs> so they're going to axe throw and everything's going well. Miguel's not so great. Um, Miguel says that life is really good. Uh, Lindy says that she feels them growing closer every day. But at the same time, it's scary to think if something were to happen, she would be afraid that irrationally something happens. It's just fear. She would be surprised if there was an explosion. But there's so much unknown that could happen. I don't even know like what any she of that was means. So dramatic in her speech. <laughs> I was just like, I literally Explosions. just got that word for word. I was like, I don't really know what she's trying to say. She probably doesn't know what she's. So then Miguel to transitions to how he says that he will never be able to give her forever, because it mm. seems too cheap to say. He asks her if she wants to be in a loveless marriage. <laughs> like, how did we get here? This conversation devolved real fast. It was kind of like while they were throwing axes, and then like, <laughs> boy, we Miguel's going to tell you how he feels, and that's great. I mean, okay, so let me get through it so that I can talk, because I just was so confused. So then she says that you can always find love again if you work hard enough. Mm-hmm. Miguel disagrees. She says if she, he says if she came to him and said that she wasn't happy, then he would let her go. She says that she would work at it. And she says that this is stressing her out and getting too far ahead. And she internalizes that if she isn't providing him with what he needs, then he's going to leave her. And it sounds like a threat to her. Dramatic. I don't even know. Like, as I read this in my notes, like, I want you, I want everyone to know that, like, I watched this in its entirety. So, like, I didn't skip anything. They went from axe throwing to getting closer <laughs> every day. To how Miguel can't give her forever to a loveless marriage to them breaking up because she's stressed out because... That's the way their conversations go. They are so, like, those two cannot, like, just, can't just stay on a topic. Um, Like, how, why are we talking about loveless marriages? I mean, let's see. I, yeah, because she, I think she kind of wants that reassurance of, like, we're in this, we're never going to leave. And he's like, Goodness. girl, I can't tell you, yes, don't worry, because I'm not going to be here if I don't want to be here. And she's like, well, you should, because there's always something to love. We can always work on it. And he's like, I don't want us to be unhappy. You're not going to like this, but it's the reality of it. Ooh, Miguel, he's a truth teller. I mean, yes, but it's also just like, are they mismatched in that way or can they balance each other out? Because mm. it seems very extreme. Like she's just like, we're going to stay in this until we die. <laughs> she's like, we're staying in this relationship until we die. And no, he's just like, not. nah, we're I'm good. Until we're done with it. <laughs> I just don't know. Like, it's just, that was just, that conversation was wild. And I was just like, I don't even really understand how we got here. Are we arguing? Like, I don't really know. So, you know, <laughs> That's all I got they don't from know that. Either, so that makes two of you. Anything else you want to add to that? No, it's just she is. They're, they handle things very differently, and it's so obvious when they communicate that I don't know how they're still, how they're still here because I'm just like, <laughs> y'all ain't on the same page about next to nothing. Mm-mm. But y'all like we're so happy, we're good. We're it's like <laughs> everything's good. It's not like we need to be realistic and. Say like, hey, 
Everything's good though, Karina. But I mean, I guess you need balance. I think in a partner. I just don't know if these two people can balance each other. Um, yeah, I agree. <sighs> Take okay. us into. Um, ooh, you got a good one. Oh, <laughs> do I? Okay. <laughs> Our friend Justin is with us again, ladies and gentlemen. He's meeting with Alexis's friend Will. Um, if y'all remember, Alexis has like a lot of male friends. Uh, she considers herself like one of the boys, hmm. and so Will is one of her good friends. Uh, Will ask Justin, how's it going? And Justin is, he looks very nervous. <laughs> um, he's saying like marriage is hard work. He's like rubbing his arms, like kind of how you do when you're cold and you like rub up and down in a crossed motion. Um, he talks about the dog situation. He says that's pretty sensitive. Uh, Will, I guess, didn't realize that was an ongoing situation. Uh, Justin also says he needs to watch his tone and he says he was going to, cut back on his on his cursing which you know Tamara <laughs> mentioned last episode or last time we recorded that this man cusses at her all, all the fucking time so I was like you all the time hmm. and so he's like well I'm not cussing at her but like I'll cuss like when I'm talking to her I need to like do that less um, Justin believes that they want the same things but it's just about communication I don't know if that's if he perceived <laughs> that correctly but that's what he thinks uh, Will, you know, he's Alexis's friend, so he's like, yeah, um, you're doing, like, everything Alexis wanted in a man, and so it sounds like both of y'all just have some fear y'all need to get past. Now Justin, Will. <laughs> Justin acknowledges that his biggest fear is that Alexis will quit and, like, quit on him and just be sick and not want to work on it anymore because, you know, she's talked about her history of running. But Justin also says, I dead ass want this shit. <laughs> so I think our friend Will's probably like, oh, right. I think Will's really trying to encourage Justin. Like, you are nothing is wrong with who you are. You are a person that could be suitable for her, but he's really not acknowledging uh, the type of woman Alexis is and the kind of person that Justin is and where those things can be crossed. Are you tickled? Is it the dead ass? I did ask one this shit. It's that, and then it's like, he'll literally say his biggest fear is her quitting, and then says that he's traumatized by women just quitting on him because sometimes the grass isn't greener. What is he implying there? Well, wasn't he engaged like twice or something like that? He was engaged once. And I think he's, is he trying to say that? These ladies leave him for like greener pastures, but the grass isn't always greener. I.e., like maybe I'm the sure they option. leave him and get somebody they <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so him it probably seems like, look, you got that man. Now you single again or whatever. But Yikes. it's not about grass is greener. It's who you want to be with. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, anything else? Was that it? That's, he said he did, he did also mention something about how. He wanted to check his tone because he doesn't want to argue in front of, like, the future kids. And I was like, Justin. Cart before horse. (laughs) Move on. (laughs) Like, let's chill. Um, So, yeah. So, then we transition into introducing Mr. Devon Franklin. And for those who don't know, let me actually pull up Devon Franklin's um, bio for all of you out there. Um, Isn't it interesting that he could just join the show this late in the game? Yeah, he's, like, just going to pop in and just, you know, see what's what. do what? Hang out. So, Devon Franklin is an American producer, author, and motivational speaker. 
He's Nothing's best known it. for the films Miracles from Heaven. Heaven is for real. I'm not familiar with those. And no. the New York Times bestselling book, The Weight, which he co-wrote with his then-wife, Megan Good. Um, he went to USC. He is also um, a producer. I believe he's also like a bishop as well. That's I what know. I thought. I thought he was like a pastor, some kind of like religious designation title holder. Um, something. Does he have a church? Well, he also is like a studio like person. Like he does the movies. Like he um, is he doing the mahogany movies on Hallmark? Actually, I uh, you know, very interestingly enough, he was with MGM. And he was a director of development at Columbia, Sony's Columbia Pictures. So he worked on The Pursuit of Happiness, like Hancock. Um, Like he actually like has like actual experience in like the industry. (laughs) Interesting. That makes sense then how he got himself an actress because he was a little bit more affiliated with the industry than I initially realized. Yeah. So he was like president, CEO of his own entertainment company. Um, mm-hmm. He had his own, like, multi-year deal with 20th Century Fox. Like, he actually, wow. okay, so he had some movie. He had it. So then he became, apparently, he became preaching at the age of 15. I guess maybe just, like, to the people on the streets. Um, maybe, like, yeah, evangelizing. Yeah. And he, you know, calls himself a spiritual wellness coach, um, uh, specializing in faith and relationships. Hmm. Um, and then he did co-write his book with Megan about their personal love story and waiting until marriage um, to have sexual relations, um, where he found his true love through celibacy, as well as the benefits of delayed gratification in all walks of life. Mm. I'm seeing here that he is a Seventh-day Adventist. Oh. That's not what I realized at first. Um, oh, that is not what I realized either. Okay, that's... So that would be the same religious upbringing as um, Lindy, correct? Lindy is Seventh Day Adventist. Is she Seventh Day Adventist? Maybe she's not LDS. I don't think. No, she's not LDS. Wow. Yeah, I don't think I. Knew I think that. she's Seventh Day Adventist. No, oh, well, we've got something in common. Well, yeah, that's why it's like interesting how we're choosing who we're matching with who and mm. whatnot. Yeah, so I don't. Great really intro know. to him. Yeah, I just don't really know, like, what made him qualified for such show. I mean, and it's not because him and Megan are divorced. Um, It's not about that. Because you can, you know, offer great insight and be divorced. It's not about that at all. I just don't. I guess if I just call myself, you know, an advisor or spiritual advisor or, you know, a therapist without having no training, I guess that's okay. I'm thinking, right, because we're in San Diego, California, which is not far from Los Angeles, California, mm-hmm. that we needed some star power, um, quote mm. unquote, because they introduced him as an expert on the show way prior to this season mm. airing. Like, he's the new expert, and along with Dr. Pia, but she doesn't have, I don't think, a following. Um, yeah. And so I'm wanting to say this was for the ratings, and of course at some point they have to show this man. But mm-hmm. initially, when the show was being marketed, this season was being marketed, it seemed like he would have more of a presence. Yes, um, and that comes like literally at the end. Uh-huh. And so I'm thinking with that, that may have been to target some other audiences who mm. um, he is already associated with. 
Right. And because, again, it's in California, if you can pull someone already there, it may be a little bit easier as opposed to having someone, like, come to Houston or some of the other places, Boston. Um, That's what I'm thinking. But, again, he's here so late in the game. I, well, I mean, he didn't do matching or anything. He well, just, perhaps that's why he came in. He's coming in hot then. You know, he hasn't been here, and he's like, look, I'm here to provide my guidance, my, you know, spiritual uh, Wellnessing. wellnesses. And yeah, and he's just here to, to, to give. So I say all that to say that he, yeah, so he will be joining a couple of the couples. So then we transition into, I believe it's Pepper's Day, that everyone's meeting with the experts before decision day. Um, Mitch does a little um, diary cam and says that he wants to make sure that him and Kristen are seeing eye to eye. And Kristen wants to make sure they get to a place where it's a full yes for both of them on decision day. Mm. So Dr. Pepper meets with Mitch and Kristen. She says that she's there to help them navigate things that are currently worrying them in their relationship. Um, Mitch mentions that, you know, he realizes that he has a very strong personality and that, you know, he is the person who is kind of always bringing the darkness <laughs> into the relationship. So basically he's always that person to remind folks of their consequences, of their actions. He's there to remind you that, you know, the earth is dying, like we'll all be dead in 50 years because earth is on fire. Um, and he asked her if she wants that. Does she want that person in her life that's always reminding them of the consequences of their actions and the core of who he is, is trying to make the world a better place and seeing all the circumstances. And he wonders if Kristen is in a place where she can support that. So Kristen says this is a great segue into her issues. Um, She's not sure if she can support him fully. Um, she values synergy and friendships and she negates the bad qualities in the beginning to focus on the good things and she needs help to make sure that she can be the person who can be there for him and she wants to do that but it affects her when he focuses on the negative i.e the dark side so mitch says that as they continue you know this will never go away um but then dr pepper says that you know you can never fulfill an endless list that's what keeps people single, and it's the commitment and the core things that are there for them. Um, he asked her, Kristen, about what it takes for decision day, and he says that he wants to see if there is more to their story, if they get to decision day and realize that they want to continue on to see if this could actually be a real relationship, then he would say yes. Um, that way they can have more time and more time to grow together. She says she's on the same page, and she asks that he is committed to trying to fall in love and to put his walls down in a hope for commitment to being open to getting there. Mm. Any of your thoughts? I think I probably, like, skipped some things. Um, I guess the, the things I noticed here, like, as Kristen was talking, Mitch was really looking away a lot, looking, like, kind of, kind of, uh... Not completely perplexed, but just not really into it, maybe. Um, And I noticed her as well, like, getting, like, splotchy. I think she's... I think this happens to her, because I've noticed it before. Every time it's, like, an intense conversation, she gets, like, really... Her chest gets, like, really red, Mm -hmm. and her neck gets red. Mm -hmm. Um, 
which glad it's I can't good. relate to that. Um, I guess it's not good. Y'all tell us if it is good. I, I think it's just like getting flush similarly, mm, maybe or like blushing. Yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe she's just getting hot, you know, all those cameras and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it too. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think they're at a strange place. It doesn't feel like they're speaking the same language at all. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. And I feel like, I guess Mitch initially said, like, he likes Dr. Pepper or they were looking forward to meeting with her. But yeah, I don't know if she's she really helping them. anything. Yeah, I honestly wasn't really sure of, like, I don't know. Dr. Pepper was just kind of there just to navigate the relation. I mean, the conversation, uh-huh. but I don't I don't know. I, I did think it was interesting when he was like, oh, it gets worse than this. Um, and he kind of led with, like, I think he might have been cut off while he was speaking, but he was like, this is kind of like a temporary situation, but, like, if we were to, if you were to live with me, like, we wouldn't use, like, paper towels. We would use. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, he, they I'm talk skipping about ahead. That. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but, yeah. Mm, yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah. You got it, you got it, you got it. So, in a strange twist of fate, um, Stasha and Nate get to meet with Pastor Cal. And I think I've mentioned before, it seems like Pastor Cal meets with the black couples, preferably. Um, That's what I noticed. I think he's very drawn to these black men. Yeah, because, you know, um, what you know, I just, let me just stop. (laughs) (laughs) So, he meets with Stasha and Nate, and Stasha's wearing a very nice outfit, as always. Um... Her pants match Pastor Cal's tie, so it's like, hee, hee, hee. Pastor Cal says he's been caught up on everything, and there were some embarrassing moments for him, like the sex exercise. And Nate, (laughs) our friend Nate asked Pastor Cal, so you You ain't ain't a freak? freak? (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. Why is that? Why are you asking? Do you want to know? Like, what? I mean, honestly, like, Pastor Cal, like, he tries to make it seem like he's just so evolved. And, like, if that made you embarrassed, then, like, why? I mean, I felt, I think we talked about this, like, when they were, like, it felt like we shouldn't be there during that exercise. So, (laughs) (laughs) it was kind of like, what is going on here? Because this man is under the covers. She is handcuffed. (laughs) I think we need to leave now. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I mean, that's the show that he... You know, Pastor Cal, if you didn't like it, like, you sound Yeah, but I was just like, it's good. it seems like it's getting a little far here. Like, we're past Yeah, yeah. Past they, did, they did take it to another level this season, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Stasha says that she's made the commitment um, to love him, and she loves him through the bad times. Pastor Cal kind of inquires about if they've kind of exchanged I love yous, and, of course, we know Nate hasn't said it back. Mm-hmm. Pastor Cal looks very confused, kind of like he smells bullshit. Um, and he asks if mm-hmm. Nate has ever felt like saying I love you and stopped himself. Nate says a couple times that has happened. Um, he's afraid to get hurt. And then Pastor Cal brings up if he's ever been cheated on. And Nate says not to his knowledge. Um, Stasha admits she's been cheated on. And Pastor Cal's like, but you haven't cheated, right? And she's like, no, I have. It was 10 plus years ago. But I'm not that person anymore. That's when things take a turn. (laughs) (sighs) Because sometimes honesty is not the best policy. Yes, Um, indeed. Nate is a little taken aback. I guess they hadn't covered this yet in their personal conversations. But he says he's disappointing. And it's a little alarming because she's a great woman. Pastor Cal asks if she can share. And 
Stasha kind of clams up. She says it's shaky because what if he judges her for sharing just like he just did? Um, and then Pastor Cal leaves us with a, a, a thoughtful cliffhanger of if she hasn't shared everything, does she need to? And we never hear a response from Nate about that. But I think that's a good a good question. Like, how much do you need to know about your partner? Because yeah, there true. could be things that could make you uh, disappointed or alarmed or mm, yeah. afraid. Of and infidelity. also, like, 10 years ago, I don't really know if I would have mentioned that. I mean, there's got to be, like, a statute of limitations, right? Well, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's what Pastor Cal was wondering. Like, okay, so cheating how? Like, what is that? Like, can you elaborate more? But she didn't go into it. So I'm like, did you yeah. get somebody's number? Did you kiss someone? Did you actually sleep with someone? Um, or what? But again, like, is it re- is any of that relevant to now? Is any of that more information going to benefit the marriage that we have here in front of us? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess y'all could tell us in your relationships do you ask questions you don't want to know the answers to i personally try not to <laughs> absolutely not like no like yeah especially things i don't want to know right and like it, well, how will that serve me mm-hmm. good question like, i think we but need again, to really ask like how will this help us maybe that's why it hasn't come up before because nate didn't ask it pastor cal opened that can of worms and now nate mm-hmm. has to deal with it but that is true I think Pastor Cal thought the answer was no. Yeah. So. <laughs> he was Wait, like, what? oh, shit. Sorry. Um, so, yeah. Oh, oh, no. So, I will take <laughs> Miguel and Lindy's friend. Oh, shit. Go well, for it. So, uh, Miguel is meeting with Lindy's friend. Oh, I do you want me to take them and you do the next one? Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Thank you. Okay. I'll continue. <laughs> Just had to read down a little bit, see what's coming. Okay, so yes, Miguel meets with Lindy's friend. <sighs> and you guys know every time we cover Lindy and Miguel, there's really not a lot happening, I guess, yeah. until there is. But um, she says, I guess, like on a <laughs> on a trip they had, they discovered like how easily uh, Lindy gets hangry. Miguel says, oh, maybe I haven't noticed that because I'm constantly feeding her. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. He always cook it. Cooking he and cleaning, cleaning and cooking. this girl. Um, they both agree that she's easy to love and get along with. Miguel says everything was really going well until they got McGindy. And then he noticed that she was quick to anger, which quick to anger. Miguel, was he quick raised religious? Anger. I feel like that's such a biblical Yes, it is. He's <laughs> like quick I to anger. I was just like, yeah. Or maybe he just was around a lot of like older people because I was like, quick to anger. Yeah, yeah, I thought that terminology was interesting. Um, I mean, she is quick to anger, but I was like, that is so interesting that yeah, he said that. That's an interesting phrase to choose of all the ones in mm-hmm. the world. Um, her friend agrees and says she's noticed that. They kind of talk oh. about... <laughs> this is good. When you got friends like these. <laughs> oh, my God. I would have been like, oh, really? Enemies. That's weird. <laughs> never seen that. Um, they talk kind of about Lindy getting defensive and taking things personally. So they're having, Goodness. you know, a very transparent conversation. Uh, Miguel reinforces that she's quick to anger and that she kind of has a cycle of negativity. So this is when her friend tries to defend her, I suppose. And says <laughs> she's that, like, okay, it's come too far now. Now we got to reel it in. <laughs> yeah. She's like, well, sometimes, you know, she just needs reassurance. Um, blah, blah, blah. 
Other than that, that's all I got from that scene, unless you got anything else. <laughs> that's literally what I got. Great. Um, Perfect. Take us into uh, <laughs> Alexis and this look that she has on today. <gasps> so Justin and Alexis are meeting with um, Bishop Devon Frank. I'm sorry, y'all. He's not a bishop. <laughs> Uh, with uh, Devon, is it Devon? Devon. Right? Mm-hmm. Devon Franklin. Um, Alexis is coming in with a look. Um, <laughs> she looked like she got her makeup like professionally done. That's I what know. I was saying. But she, <laughs> in her little diary camp, she was like, we're going to meet with someone. We don't know who it is. And I, was I was like, like mm-hmm. why are you prepared like this? Everyone nah, else. She, she knew. Like, she knew. I was, I, yep, me too. I was she like, looked you know, like she was ready to meet a little extra someone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just the smile on her face um, as she sat in front of Mr. Devon Franklin. I was just like, okay. Mm-hmm. She's like, hi. She's like, <laughs> like, just this crazy smile on her face. I was like, I mean, like Justin had a crazy smile, smile on his face too. Both of yes, them were like, he had a different. <laughs> his smile was on for a different reason. Um, so Devon is giving us a lot of energy here. He says he wants to help his brother and his sister out. Um, so he says, let's talk about the club. So he says, Alexis, tell me about the (laughs) feeling that being in the club gives you emotionally. (laughs) So she says that when she goes to work, she's in control. She's very dominant and she likes to go home, go to the club, let her hair down and be free. Devon asks if she feels free in her marriage, and she says no, she feels smothered. Justin says that he does not want to be that guy. Um, And so Devon says, well, look, it's not about the club. And he asks Alexis, what does her marriage need to look like to be free? She says that she wants to do things together, traveling, hiking, extreme sports. What are extreme sports? I don't know. She likes basketball. And but that's not extreme. Go skiing or like that's not extreme either. That's I what I was know. like. I don't know what extreme. BMX riding. She okay, maybe that's what it is. Okay, so an extreme sport. Are they're not the mainstream sports? It says here they are action and adventure, high level of risk. Um, so basically, they are skateboarding, snowboarding, skateboarding, extreme, uh, inline, inline roller skating, street. Lunging, BMX, and mountain biking. Okay. So is she being literal? Because you know, you know, I take it there. So I'm like, do you really want to snowboard and skateboard? And, and I think she would biking? do those things. I do think she'd be open if somebody was like, let's go. I think she'd do it. Okay, but okay, I don't know yeah. if Justin would be like, oh, let's go snowboarding. You know? Okay. I also see parkour, pa- uh, paragliding, um, parachuting, windsurfing. Okay, I mean that's fine. That's fine. Um, so. Devon asks if Justin likes those things, and he says yes. Okay. Justin likes all those things. He Justin likes, likes hiking, biking, sports. Extreme sports. Wow. He'll do it all. Talk Devon says that Justin has a strong commitment to her freedom, and he asks, <clears throat> what's the best, freest, securest version of we <laughs> that we can create, and what are those activities that fuel that? Mm. So, yeah, he leaves up with that question. Um, Justin says that he feels like he can lose her when she goes to the club. And she says that she is proud of him. Justin says that he, you know, is sometimes some of his insecurities can get in the way. um, And maybe he is controlling, but he didn't realize that. 
Devon says that Justin will not have a happy marriage if he is trying to control her. It could be the club. It could be the gym. It could be the church. Mm. Um, so then Devon says, let's talk about something else. And Alexis <laughs> says, oh, the not having sex. And they're like, ah, key, key, key. Devon says that when a couple is not having sex, it's because there's an imbalance of power. Hmm. Alexis says that she is the dominant in her regular life. So in the bedroom, she wants to be dominated. Justin says that he can be that, but the energy has to be reciprocated. (laughs) And he gets insecure and it feels like it's just Mm. him. Devon Mm. says that Justin has to stop looking at his wife for signs and say the we is a sexually fulfilled marriage. Alexis wants confidence. So Justin has to look in the mirror and love who looks back at him. Devon says the marriage is a mirror. And that Alexis is reflecting repression, and Justin is reflecting insecurity. Mm. And you can't fix the mirror. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thoughts, Jade? Um, yeah, they were, they seemed very happy meeting with him. And I think, again, it's because they knew who he was. I think if Kristen and Mitch would have sat down, I would have been like, okay, and what? But Alexis and Justin already have the buy-in of knowing who this man is. Right. Um, very interesting perspectives. Mm-hmm. For Justin, he seemed to be very receptive to anything Devon had to say, as opposed to like when he was being argumentative with Dr. Pia. Pia. Mm-hmm. And anyone else that's tried to tell him about himself. But right. apparently the way Devon put it was just what he needed to hear. Um Right. So, do we think that Justin is controlling? Uh, yes, from a limiting perspective. Um, or like a like whiny, complainy, like, oh, I don't want you to do that. Yeah, and I actually, I was reading some Reddits, and they were saying that Alexis was gaslighting him and that he's not controlling. But the thing is, is that it's not even that he's controlling. He is insecure, and that's yes, almost exactly. worse. Because he feels like he's going to lose her. <laughs> yes. So if so, I just keep her with me, I can't lose her. Right. So honestly, I don't even think it's the club. I feel like if she saw her friends once a week and they went to brunch one weekend and then to like painting the next weekend and then maybe hiking, I, I think he would have a problem. I don't think yeah, it's Yeah, he'd be like, baby, why don't you go to brunch with me? Why can't I do that? Yeah. Like he's insecure. And it's the same thing with the sex. Like, he's saying that, oh, well, the energy has to be reciprocated. What are you talking about? That's not what dominance is. Well, yes, and that's how we know that um, when he's saying he can be dominant, he, he doesn't can't. have no. the same understanding of dominance as maybe the larger I majority. I don't know how he's understanding it, but How do we like, think I he's be- understanding it? What do, what do we think he thinks? I think he's coming from maybe a more like consensual domination place, which seems more wow. like, okay. So I feel like he's like going to be the guy like, oh, can I smack your ass? And it's just going to not be what she needs. It's not strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting, though, because he's the one who kept talking about his dick, like, all throughout the first girl, episode. you see how we haven't heard about that dick since? Yeah, and he said that women looked at him like a piece of meat. And so now we're here, and he's like, oh, well, you know, energy's got to be reciprocated. And then I get insecure because I feel like it's just me. So then again, you're insecure. 
Well, yeah, Period. but just like he was mentioning last time, like he'll try to kiss her, try to initiate sex with her, and she doesn't really respond, I guess, verbally or physically. And so then he starts to doubt himself because if he, I guess he try, might try to like kiss her neck, and she's like, okay, <laughs> you know, yeah, like you gotta, you gotta. And that's my thing. He's like, well, energy's not being reciprocated. I'm like, I don't think you understand what being a dominant person in the bedroom is. I think dominant is maybe the wrong word for him to use. Yeah. That may be true, yeah. but she wants. Or just maybe more assertive. Like, it's like. That's a good word. Like, just yeah. a bit more. But it, even Devon said confident. Like, there's nothing mm-hmm. worse than being with someone who is just so uncomfortable in their body Man. when you're when you're in an intimate act it's just like okay well i don't <laughs> i mean I okay don't so right for a lot of people having sex being naked is vulnerable for a lot of people having right. someone else see you naked mm-hmm. feels vulnerable for a lot of people and so for i guess like the first time you have sex with someone that might feel maybe more vulnerable yeah of course absolutely um, cause you don't know each other's bodies, you know, it's very exploratory at that stage. It should continue to have some exploration, but you know, mm-hmm. mostly there. Um, but if he's not really taking the lead in the sexual department, even though he's been having wet dreams and all kinds of stuff been happening. Oh, like I think, to bring that up. <laughs> because I'm like, okay, so. You really don't like the wet dream. I mean. It's it's I, if I was Alexis, I'd be like, okay, so what are you like? What are you planning to do? You just apparently <laughs> nothing. Um, <laughs> it just seems like Poor also Justin. there might not be like that that sexual tension where like you know you're pushing <laughs> you each other say. against the wall or like you know having like well, no, this because deep make out. He said that he you know he the energy's got to be reciprocated, but. Yeah, okay, so again, that's an indicator, right? Like, if we yes. can't even go from a regular kiss to, like, a passionate makeout, or, like, with our eyes dilating, or, like, you know, I can feel you against me, like, what are we doing? We're just kissing it's a great question. <laughs> it's all great questions that... Because I don't I think feel like most times, like, as a woman, if you're kissing a man, and the kiss gets a little intense, and you can feel him, then that's your decision to make... Right. Am I going to continue or mm-hmm. put the brakes on this? But he, I don't know if that's even happening. I don't know either. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Are you just going to... Uh, okay. Well, he doesn't want to do anything about it. He doesn't want to do anything because the energy's got to be reciprocated. <laughs> <sighs> what is she supposed to do? I guess, I think he's... And I don't know if we need to wait to get into yeah that that comes later so we'll okay. I'll pull I'll you know I'll put the brakes. I'm just that. wondering if if she's supposed to be like uh, yes take your pants off or like he needs some clear directive that he is wanted. But I think I don't honestly I can see him being the kind of gentleman that they're like kissing or whatever and then she just gets on top of him and kind of like steers them in the direction of sex like I e yeah. the girl being the dominant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he probably is like, baby, is this okay? Is this what you yeah. want? Like, because I definitely don't think he's used to being with a woman like Alexis. I think maybe yeah. he is Alexis usually with a whole woman. lot of women. He better watch out. Yeah, I think he's used to being with maybe like a a, a woman similar to himself. And I'll leave it at that. Mm. So. Okay. 
Yeah. So, interesting first introduction on uh, Devon <gasps> Franklin. Yeah, that was a lot. It's a good conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they thought so, too. They were loving everything he was saying, like, eating mm. it up. And he speaks just like someone who has been a motivational speaker for a long time. Do you find him attractive? Devon? Because the way, yeah, because the way, who else, girl? Because the way that Alexis was looking at him, <laughs> the way that she was looking at him, I was just like, girl, this is a lot. <laughs> I think he is attractive. I don't know if I would engage with him like in a in any kind of significant way, but yeah, I don't know if I could like tolerate the personality aspect. But I think he is attractive. Yes, I mean I think he's attractive, but I'm not attracted. Mm, is it the personality that's ruining it for you? <laughs> the way he talks, like that line about. Hold on, let me see if I can find it because I was just like, <laughs> see, you do it a lot, and it's not working for me. The line that he says. Um, uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, there's a strong commitment to your freedom. Okay, he said, what's the best, freest, securest version of we they can create? And just the way he said that, like, it was, like, breathy. Like, yeah. he was like, what's the best, freest? <laughs> and I was just like, this is giving just it's very, very much performance. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that line took it, it took it out from me. I was like, I don't, I don't even know who you are. So, yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, attractive, not attracted. That's okay. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't mind like Megan's sloppy seconds, but I would need to see like a realer version of him, not this produced man. That's not not giving what it's supposed to give. It's Um, not. Mm -mm. Okay, so we transition into Morgan and Ben, and they have a visit with Dr. Pepper because, again, everybody's doing their duty on this episode, not throughout Mm -hmm. the season, but just this episode. Um, They are both. Who did they see? Did they see Dr. Pepper last time? I think so. Okay. No, wait. Or was it? No, it was Pia. Because there were people like, you're vindictive. And I was like, girl, what? (laughs) I don't like when the people come for Ben because. Me either. Like, why? Like, come on. Ben's not out to hurt anybody. He's really not. Like, poor Ben. (sighs) So, Dr. Pepper asks, what does marriage bring out in each of you? Morgan says marriage brings out a softer side of her when it's with the right person. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep my comments. Yeah. Dr. Pepper begins to talk to Ben. She describes him as over feeling overwhelmed or in a panic, kind of puts those words in his mouth. He has a chance to um, agree kind of like that it's been that way since they've first gotten married. We get some kind of interruption of a clip of Morgan in the hallway trying to show us her license or her phone. <laughs> she says it's public information, whatever. Um, Dr. Pepper brings up that Ben has been accepting 100% of everything that's happened, and he's, like, been accountable for his part in it. Morgan maintains that she hasn't felt a sincere one-on-one apology from him. She hasn't felt that he's remorseful, all those things that she would need, and so I guess to her it just feels like he's, like, placating for the show. Dr. Pepper asks Ben how he feels, and he says, well, he was raised to show no emotion, um, and his family would kind of be like, you know, you shouldn't be sad. You have food on the table. Duh, duh, duh. And so he began to internalize a lot and didn't really practice externalizing his emotions. He says he used to run away from his emotions due to feeling fear and anger. Dr. Pepper asked if he will ever get to a place where he can accept himself. Um, and she also validates that he deserves to be happy. Ben is, an un- ben is unsure if he's going to be able to get to that place as, as is. 
Uh, Dr. Pepper asks if there are times that have been happy for them. And Morgan says that she has been happy before in this marriage. Dr. Pepper asks, it asks if it's reconstructable. Morgan says, not on my end. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Pepper then is like, well, this kind of sounds like decision day. Um, is your marriage over? Morgan says, yes, the marriage is over and I want the divorce. Dr. Pepper asks Ben, and he says, I want the divorce as well, but for different reasons. I need to work on myself. I'm realizing I'm not ready. I wasn't ready for marriage. I thought I was. Um, and then we get some footage of him kind of getting down on himself because he's the first in his family to be divorced. He's the only person in his family that's not a doctor. And so he's really um, still struggling a lot with his family, familial expectations that may be external or internal. Mm-hmm. He says he's going to continue therapy, though, um, which is probably going to be good for him. That's, I mean, if I, if no one in my family had ever been divorced, I don't know if I'd risk it all on an eight-week show. <laughs> Me either. That's why I was like, I don't really... No, uh, it I seems like this. there's a, a high potential there with a stranger. Yeah, I don't really know why he did that. But, you know, I, I'm glad that everyone is getting out in one piece. Yeah, I think um, Ben has a really good heart, but I think she, she, I think she's done a number on this man. And I don't know, like, whoever dates him next, I hope they're not going to have to undo the damage that she has caused him um, right. by like not accepting his apologies or wanting him to like, or like blowing up and bring like, I don't know. It just seems like she lost faith in him pretty quickly and he was never able to regain it, which is kind mm-hmm. of challenging. Yeah. And I definitely think that he probably won't be with someone. This he should take considerable amount of time off. Yes. And not date someone that scares him or reminds yeah. him of his dad. But I think, like, I think I said first episode when they met at the altar that this man was terrified. Yeah, um, it was, she was her. a lot. I was terrified. It was just yeah. a lot. I mean, I think if I was an expert and I met Ben on his own, I'd feel like, oh, he can handle a lot of things. But he's actually very sensitive. Mm-hmm. Yes, very. And when put with a, a person like that who's, like, kind of angry and moody, I don't think we got the best of Ben or the best of her um, because mm. she kind of, like, ran right over him. Poor guy. Yeah, she just doesn't. I don't. The self awareness. I don't know if she knows how this is going to translate on screen because it definitely was very hard to watch her towards the end. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's that. So, we transition into Mitch and Kristen. They are eating dinner. (laughs) I believe they're eating Thai food or something Asian. Must be really delicious. Um, They're eating and talking about Dr. Pepper and their whole conversation with her. Kristen says that she's really happy that, you know, Mitch was able to get over her house flipping. Um, He says that if it aligns with his values and actually makes them money, um, then they would go for it. Um, She says, Kristen says that she was seeking assistance on how to navigate um, that conversation. And she got that from Dr. Pepper Um, she also says that living with him doesn't feel as extreme as it could. And he says that he's actually been very blase and lax on a few things. And he says in normal life, um, he doesn't really like having a lot of paper products and having paper towels, um, which actually does make sense. 
Um, and then he also mentions, well, he doesn't mention this, but he's also like slurping his food. I don't know if like he was having issues with like his mouth, but he's like, like he's just doing a lot of slurping. Um, so yeah, did you notice anything else? Um, no, I think that was about it. I, I thought it was funny. Yeah, every time he slurped, they would like show Kristen's face. And she's kind of like, does he, do you always eat like this? And I've never noticed. And he says no. Um, he, and she was so kind about it. I would have been like, why are you making all that noise? <laughs> I think Mitch is the cutest when he's like doing like that laugh. He's like, <laughs> I think that's probably his best moment. Anytime he's actually speaking though, I'm not here for it. Um, <laughs> actually speaking. <laughs> but uh, he tells us a little bit that he's leaving space for things that haven't come up yet. And he says, well, the thing he wanted to bring up but wasn't sure about is he likes her looking very natural, but he says he decided not to bring it up because it's a sensitive subject. So he tells us that after they finish dinner is how I it's kind of filmed. I don't even know like what he thinks is going to happen with that. <laughs> well, he wants to bring it up, but he's trying to make sure he brings it up in the right way. How do you which... bring up, I want you to change your look because I'm more attracted to you when you're ex. That's what we're hoping to find out. What is the right way to go about that? Should you ever come across that issue, how do you, you address it appropriately? Because, I mean, can you imagine if I were with a gentleman and I'm like, hey, you wear your hair really long. And I'm like, I don't know, braids or locks or whatever. And I think you actually look much better like with no hair. So maybe you should consider cutting it off. Hmm. Well, I mean... Has that ever become a thing, like, where you're like, oh, I like you better with, like, a beard? No, I mean, okay, a beard is a little bit different. <laughs> like, let's, oh, let's put a beard in, like, a different category. A beard is a good thing to have. A beard is different. But I would never, and I don't know if it's just me, I would never be like, you know what, I don't like this about you. I would be more attracted to you if you would, like, stop, I don't know, mm. wearing the color black. So just stop. Like, that just feels very preposterous to me. Yeah, I agree. Someone's told me before, I think I was maybe discussing like wanting to change my hair and they told me what they thought I should get instead of mm. like, um, okay, yeah. waiting for me to present the options I was considering. Yeah. And you know, that did it for that. So, um, yeah, that's happened to me as well. I think in the past they were like, oh, you should do your hair. Like, I think I was like going to get like a different type of braid. They were like, no, get like this. I don't like it. Yeah. I was like, mm. I think it was like, oh, you should dye your hair this color. Like, that would look really nice. And I was like, yeah, anything about the hair with us, it's like, ooh. Stepping on my toes. <laughs> Getting yeah. in some interesting territory here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might have went off on that conversation because I was just like, no, the fuck? Who? I didn't ask you what you thought yeah. I should get. Um, and, it's, and it's like, yeah, the hair, I just don't talk to us about our hair, maybe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially coming from a man if a woman said it i'd be like hmm yeah because she's gonna come with oh the shape of your face or maybe try this yeah like like if you tell me i'd be like hmm yeah versus just like oh i'm more attracted to you when your hair is like this and it's like well actually you can go so my heart doesn't have space for that no so then we transition and oh wait i already did mitchy kristen also it's your turn (laughs) So we have Nate. He's meeting with Stasha's friend and her cousin. Um, Nate also seems very comfortable with these people, um, which is just, I guess, 
Interesting. He seems happy, though. He talks about the challenges. Uh, They kind of ask, what does that mean? He says about her cheating history, and it kind of triggered his insecurity. Lord. I know. Um, Her cousin asks if if he's finding it hard to accept Stasha at face value due to only knowing each other for a short time. And Nate says he likes everything he's known about her so far, but, you know, that piece of information kind of maybe shifted a little bit for him. Um, They ask if he thinks Stasha trusts him, and he says, well, the trust is getting better. They're learning how to communicate. He says that she's all in um, now, and he's wanting to, like, take his time with the process and, like, let's get to know each other, let's be intentional, but she's kind of like, love me now, Um, (laughs) which is not an inaccurate depiction of our friend Stasha. Um, her cousin encourages him to give himself the opportunity to be curious about her and to like really embrace who she is. Um, he says this feels like this process feels like a boot camp for him of being transparent and vulnerable. Like it's a lot for him to take in. He feels that she cares about him and her friend asked like if they've said, I love you. He admits he hasn't said it yet. Um, ultimately they think that Stasha will shut down if he doesn't say it back Um, just because she's kind of put herself out there. And I think that is very possible, um, depending on how long he waits to say it. Anything else that I miss? No. Great. (laughs) And next we have, oh, Teddy with the fronts. So we are chatting with Stasha, and um, I guess these are Nate's closest friends. Yeah, this is... The guy who's lining the up at the wedding. Yeah, who I believe, didn't he have locks? He, were those faux locks? Yes, that's what I thought. I was like, <laughs> were those faux locks? I don't know, but this is Teddy and um, George. George, is the yeah. So Teddy, I guess, cut off all his hair. I guess a woman told well, him she didn't yeah. like it, so he cut it off. I um, mean, so the gentleman, yeah. yeah, he cut off his uh, locks. And then we have George, who, was he at the wedding? I don't, I don't remember seeing him before. No, but I think it's interesting that out of all those friends that um, Nate presented, these are the two that he chose to really talk about, you know, like his like real like life and like who mm. he is as a, as a person. But mm-hmm. that was very interesting. Um, so she tells them that she um, that they met with Pastor Cal, and she mentioned that Nate said that he didn't love her yet, and that he had stopped himself from saying it many times. And she's wondering if she can get some insight from his friends about that. Or, sorry, family. Um, George says that he's known Nate for 16 years, and he's only told his family and his sister that he loves them. And he has not had any serious relationships. He's had high school flings, but that's puppy love. Sasha says in her confessional that Nate is 35, and, like, how will he know? Is he 35? He's not. I don't know why she said that. Um, but she was just like, how will he know if he's in love and he's never, you know, been or felt that before. So, you know, how will he know when it's time? So then I believe George says that, or maybe it's the other guy says that Nate has never had someone like Stasha before. And so now he has to really step up to the plate. And Stasha mentions that Nate really does not listen to the experts and tries to do things on his own. (laughs) And they all say that that's just the way Nate is. He always finds uh, the unconventional route or a different um, alternative to the things that are being presented to him. Mm. Um, I felt really weird about this conversation because I don't like hounding people about when you're going to fall in love with me. Like it just feels very like desperate. 
I can see that. Yeah. Um, especially because I guess like I'm. Are you telling his friends? <laughs> are they gonna be like, oh, you need to like get on it with her because y'all just agreed that he does things his own way, right? And so, but so, yes, exactly. So it's like, so then what are we talking about? We're not talking about anything. Stasha's just complaining because she wants someone, anyone <laughs> to make like, him. What fall are we talking about? Of. Like, I just nothing. don't even understand like Absolutely why this nothing. is a thing. So. Great. Um, <laughs> just Stasha being Stasha. She her shot. <laughs> trying like, to figure okay. out what the Wonderful. key is. Um, Glad we I did think it was this. interesting, though, they were say- that she was saying, like, he's not doing what the experts say. I was like, well, what do you mean? Because they yeah, said, like, like, you need to choose to love each other? Yeah, that, I think, that I think that's on? what she's saying. I think she's saying that Pastor Cal's like, just make the decision. And he's like, no. And I'm like, I agree with him. No. Yeah. So, I was like, I thought he no. was doing things, but I, I guess he won't do it enough. Damn. I mean, it's been... Don't even get me started. <laughs> I'm with Nate. Everyone just chill. Nate is trying to get his bearings chill. And Stasha Like, the man like, was living in, a, in an Airbnb. Like, he's finally, like, you know, settled and in a relationship. Like, give him some time. <sighs> if only it was that simple, because Stasha needs what Stasha needs. And so... Let's not forget that. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Want to take us into Lindy and Miguel? <sighs> okay, so there's these two people <laughs> are meeting with sure. Pastor Cal. Now, the first thing that catches my eye is Lindy, for some reason, has on like this orange suit thing, and she's wearing her hair like in pigtails and has like all black beanie with a pom-pom on it and i'm just not sure of the look here and then pastor Um, cal is like wow you're glowing i'm like what (laughs) oh yeah pastor cal says she's glowing but i think he's just blowing smoke because he's like you're not pregnant though it's not because you're pregnant what does one Um, have to do with the other i'm i cannot stand pastor cal (laughs) i really just don't like him well you know people say like when you're pregnant you're glowing. But maybe her, she just had good, but she wasn't glowing at all. Like, she okay. didn't look good. Yes, that part. <laughs> that part. She doesn't look good. I don't know what she was doing. I don't think she knows what she was doing. <laughs> but one thing about, um, one thing about uh, Lindy, she'll just, she just does things. She doesn't need a lot of direction. Um, she doesn't want a lot of direction either, is what we've noticed with her. Um, so, that caught my eye first. Pastor Kyle asked about the baby, how the experiment was. Apparently, Dr. Pia assigned them this baby, even though she didn't meet with them. So, make of that what you will. Lindy says she couldn't handle the stress of the baby. And there were two nights back-to-back where Miguel was taking care of the baby because the baby was up every two hours. And she just couldn't deal with it. Um Miguel takes the opportunity to bring up her her being overtly negative, and he says it's been a pattern and or an issue, and it's not very sustainable for him in the long run. He wants to address it. He wants to, you know. Now we've got somebody here. Let's talk about this. Um, we do get like a brief clip of all the times Lindy has, you know, kind of just been like, yeah, overtly negative. I think is a good way to put it. Just kind of like an asshole. Uh. <laughs> Pastor Cal asked if. Asked Lindy if Miguel has seen the worst of her. And she's like, hmm, no. Miguel's a little taken aback, a little scared, obviously, because if this ain't the worst of you, then what you got? What else you got? 
And Lindy says it's probably been like a 4.5 out of 10. Pastor Cal says, well, has it ever been a 10? And she's like, well, maybe twice in her whole life is what she's referencing. Um, but apparently she keeps threatening Miguel that he doesn't know what's going to come. <laughs> <laughs> like, she, Such a weirdo. He just needs to <laughs> she, she just be prepared. But she threatens Miguel often that, like, this is just her warming up. She's not, not, this isn't anything. What a weirdo. (laughs) Um, So I thought that was (laughs) funny. Miguel says her go-to is to be negative. And Lindy acknowledges, she's like, I just don't even, it doesn't even register for me. Um, Pastor Cow kind of puts, packages this as Lindy's, this is Lindy and who she is. And this is her normal way of being. Can you live with her as she is? And that's kind of another Pastor Cal cliffhanger that we get. Anything else besides her being just no. a strange bird? Just being weird. They're just being her so weird. Mm-hmm. So then we transition into Mitch, who was talking with Rachel, who was Kristen's sister. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitch says that, um, let me just get right into it. Cause Mitch is wasting no time talking to Kristen. I mean, talking to Rachel <laughs> about Kristen and his expectations for the process. Mitch says that he thought when he, you know, decided to get married at first sight, that he would actually be paired with someone who was more hippie Ooh. and who wore less makeup. Oh, and this who had just sister, more sir. <laughs> of a natural, natural style. But now that he knows her, she is mm. better than what he expected. Mm. Um, he says that he doesn't, you know, he really is super attracted to her when she is more natural. Um, she, you know, he loves um, the makeup, you know, and the, and I guess, not that she wears a lot of makeup, but he's just like, you know, she is just so much more attracted to him when she is just natural. You know, what's what's the Drake lyric? Oh, sweatpants, hair tied, hair tied, children. Yeah, that's that's when she's the prettiest. You know, he hopes she doesn't take it wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but take it wrong, her sister does. Um, sister says should. that you know Kristen deserves someone who's going to be all in with her, and that you know her wearing makeup isn't necessarily for him or the male gaze. Um, she says mm. it, you know. In the beginning, you know, it came across that he was not attracted to her, and now he wants her to not wear makeup. And sister says that Kristen is just trying to figure out why he doesn't like her or is attracted to her, and Kristen needs to figure out if Mitch is even the person for her. And so sister says all this very calmly. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think she ever raised her voice at all. Like, she was just like, look, like, I don't even know if you even deserve her at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he caught that. sister was just like her. Honestly, I was like... You can tell these people are related. They kind of talk the same mm-hmm. in the same little pattern. And I don't know why Mitch thought this was a safe space. <laughs> right? Like the fact that I was like, you're telling her sister this? You don't want to ask your friends who don't know her? You gotta that ask was wild. And at first sister. I got confused. Literally halfway through, I was like, oh, this is his sister. Oh, that yeah, because he was so comfortable, right? Yes. And then when she was just like, well, Kristen has been like really up in arms about like how you treated her. And I was like, oh, my God, Ooh. this is the sister. <laughs> I was like, what is he thinking? So what do we think he's thinking here? I really believe Mitch thinks that he's just trying to get, you know, find get some some insight on like, how do I approach this? 
I think he's truly thinking he's going to get feedback that will, like, enable him to say, like, I really love your natural look. Don't put on all that makeup. But... So he really thinks that telling someone that because he thinks that's attractive, they should change. They should change. I think he's, yeah, yeah, hoping that this person will give him the magic word so that she doesn't receive it wrong. That's so interesting. Because. I mean, uh, how do you receive that wrong? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's a way. He's sure. He just doesn't know what it is. So, um, well, <sighs> yeah, well, mm, well, well, tough. Okay. Ooh, this is a long scene. Okay. <laughs> Take us into it. Lucky me. Um, <laughs> so apparently the couples are going to the pool at the apartment. Meeting um, up yet again. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. Um, just Thursday. I, I don't know who orchestrated this. It just seems like we need a group scene, and we find out why we need a group scene a little later. So, uh, Apparently, this is... Ben says it's his last time that I'll be together. He wants to be able to say his goodbyes. No one is dying, by the way, but Ben wants to say his goodbyes. Um, we see the women chatting, and the men are grilling, I guess. <laughs> or, I um, guess, maybe just Miguel. <laughs> it seemed like there were other people like, oh, do you need buns or something? Like, I don't God. know. So a whole bunch Morgan. of Olajuwans just helping around. <laughs> Morgan asks Kristen how she's doing. Kristen kind of gives like this cryptic response under her breath. We learn that her sister has spilled the tea immediately. So it's on, between the time she hung up with Mitch and between the time of this pool thing, which... There's, Kristen makes a statement that they were on the way there, but I thought this was their place. I'm not really sure. But apparently her sister found time to call her, like, girl, 911. Um, so Kristen is simmering about this conversation that her sister tells her about. And I, I'm guessing that when this was the assignment, like, oh, we need to have one person call another person's family mm-hmm. or friends, she was probably like, oh, yeah, my sister will do it. She'll be available. And I don't know where her sister lives because they are the only ones that had a Skype call versus or like a FaceTime call versus everyone else meeting up in person. So it seems to me that my impression is that Kristen helped to orchestrate this, thinking that her sister would be a good person for him to talk to. Mm -hmm. So just have that in mind. So Kristen feels like it's rude, it's hurtful, um, all the things that she's heard back from her sister. It seems like uh, Ben cooked... Everyone's sitting around talking. Everyone's sitting with their partner, more or less. Um, someone asked about the experts' visits. Morgan tells everyone they had decision day, and this was their last night in the process. They both agree it's bittersweet. Ben is saying, you know, he doesn't know what's going to happen next. He may leave San Diego, apparently. I don't know where he's going to go, but he may leave. Morgan says she did what was best for her, and Ben isn't the partner for her, completely shading the man like he's not in the room. Um, she says... They would not be able to be friends because she can't trust him. Someone asked Ben if they could be friends, and he says, yeah, I would be her friend. And then, like, he's talking to us in his talking head, and he's kind of like, she would really need to forgive me for her mental health, for her own mental health, because she's really, like, harboring a lot of anger. Agreed. Yeah, she's like, girl, you're not over it. You're just not. Like, just Um, chill. 
So Stasha tells everyone that Pastor Cal is happy with their marriage and with Nate's growth. They're just, you know, two people minding their own business, essentially, as they have been doing the whole season. I'm really also glad that this whole thing with Nate filming for, like, going on live and stuff did not become a big issue. Hopefully I haven't spoke too soon. But I'm glad that hasn't uh, transpired into anything more than it did on the honeymoon. Lindy says things are good. Um, they discuss McGindy's private genitalia with everyone and McGindy's uh, gender that McGindy has not told them yet. So people are chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. Justin shares that they spoke about intimacy in their expert visit and they're different in that area is how he describes it. Um, and Mitch kind of inquires like, so you want to know like your advances are welcome. And she says she needs dominant energy, but he wants to he wants to feel comfortable too. I'm not sure if he wants to be dominated or or, or what. I guess he just wants consensual sex. With no what does dominant. that have to do with dominance? With what? What is the consensual? What is like? Why I mean, is I don't think he two? wants any kind of one more dominant than the other. Is <laughs> I think he just wants like <laughs> us to be on the same level. <laughs> Like, I scratch her back, you scratch mine. You that's know? not what she wants, though. So I think that's what he wants, though. Like, let's, like, take turns and be, like, super no. agreeable. No. <laughs> that's, that's how she's turned off. Um, Goodness. So Mitch asks if they're still in love. Justin's like, of course. Uh, and maybe Stasha asks about, is he confident going into decision day? Justin says, I don't know. He says he still has some things to sort out. We hear Alexis say, if you have to decide between me and something else, choose whatever else, because I should be the obvious choice. Because I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then he also says that he's still in love, but has mixed feelings. And then says Look. that a lot has happened, but he's not confident going into decision day. It's been rough, but it's been great. I'm like, so which is it? He doesn't know. You know what I mean? I'm not <laughs> like, coming going. He doesn't know. Um, which is why Alexis is responding the way she is. Like, boy, if you don't know, just go. It's fine. Get she out. Need she ain't even got Please. the dick yet. So, like, she ain't attached to nothing. Right? And, I mean, at least get that. At least a parting gift. I mean, at least let's figure out if it's worth staying with all this. But I mean, the way he talking about, like, he's just going to lay there at this girl. point. He's like, don't ask me to do <laughs> you nothing. You ta- was talking all that hot shit at the start of the season. <laughs> and he ain't about nothing. <laughs> nope. Okay, just so lay that's there. what we knew, though. That's what we thought. Like, you overcompensating. Yeah. Because true. you're insecure. Why are you insecure? Hate to see it. Hate to see it, but saw it coming anyway. Um... Stasha randomly asked who everyone met with, which I thought was a production question. Um, Morgan says that, I'm sorry, not Morgan. Mitch says they met with Dr. Pepper, and he feels like she gets them. Um, Alexis makes a comment that she's really glad that Mitch didn't allow his initial impressions about appearances and makeup and what she's wearing, didn't allow that to hold them back. Um... So we can see where this is going. Kristen is sitting next to Mitch. They're in separate chairs. Uh, meanwhile, some I think like Stasha and Nate are like sitting on a lounger together. Um, but Kristen looks over to Mitch and she asks if he's over those things. And Mitch is like, "Did I say those things? <laughs> no. I didn't say those things." Um, Justin's like, "Yeah, that happened. I heard it. 
like other people are like, yeah, that we we you said those those things about like you not liking her kind of more made up looks with hair and makeup, um, and she asks for clarification, like, did you not say that you wanted me to be more earthy? He's like, yeah, it's valid. I just didn't want it getting around that I was being a, like a controlling husband and trying to control like how you looked, which is interesting. Morgan asks him where he's at now with everything. Mitch says, I don't know. And he kind of goes back to the Dr. Pepper conversation. Um, Miguel asks if they started talking about decision day. Kristen says she's wondering if she can be his wife and if he is even what she wants. She don't, she's not sure if her what she needs from him can be accomplished in the next two weeks. Mm. We see Stasha and Nate murmuring amongst each other of like, so do you think they're going to make it or not? They're like, nah, I think it's a no. All of a sudden, uh, we get to see the experts show up, uh, sans Dr. Pia. So we get Dr. Pepper, Pastor Cow, and Devon because he's been with us for the day. This is his day of filming, and so... He's with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he immediately jumps in and asks Alexis if she could make it easier for our man, Justin, <laughs> and what she can do. Ugh. She says, the short answer is yes. Um, he said, Justin is speaking, and he says he's confident in intimacy, but he's just used to it being equal. And we still haven't quite got the understanding of what equal means. So I'm thinking we, it means like if I kiss you, you kiss me. With the if same I, energy, maybe. If like, I touch your thigh, you touch my thigh. Like we gotta. I don't even. I need clarification, and I really wish Devon had really asked him. Like, what exactly is your ver- what exactly is your definition of dominance and reciprocation? Because I don't understand what he's saying. I don't think Alexis does either because we haven't been able to have sex yet. So something isn't adding up. But Justin says a lot of things that are kind of contradictory. So I'm not really sure. Can Um, you tell us what Devon tells him about about Justin's life? No. He says that, he says Justin. (laughs) Oh, then it reminds him of him? Yeah, he said Justin. Life is asking you to step up. It's going to show up in every place in your life. And then Justin says some bullshit about he's so used to being equal in these relationships. I'm like, you don't even know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it leaves something to be desired. Um, we do get like some interaction between them and their like confessional talking head together, where she's like, just try it, baby. Like, you know, just try to be more dominant, and I'll try to give in a little bit, you know. I don't know what she's doing um, to this man, but it's just not she giving him any attention back, no matter what he tries to do. He might try to rub her booty, and she might just go to sleep. I don't know. Um, Dr. Pepper takes over, and she asks if something happened between Kristen and Mitch, because Lord knows she doesn't know. Uh, Kristen says she spoke with her sister, and it set her backwards. Dr. Pepper asks Mitch what he said, and... He says all he said was that he's most attracted to her when she's natural, which we know is not true. Um, Dr. Pepper proceeds to continue the conversation, and she asks if he's very attracted to her, and Mitch says, um, I'm attracted to her. Then we get into a little spat conflict between him and Dr. Pepper um, because 
he says that she's putting her on the spot and he's like, is this the way to do this? Like, I, I, I don't know why we're doing this right here, or like in this venue kind of thing. And she says, well, I wouldn't have asked you if I wasn't expecting an affirmative. I'm sorry I asked. Like, Goodness. I thought I was say. like, whoa. It was getting like a little catty between these two. Um, and he's like, well, it sounds like you already know the conversation. And then Kristen has to interrupt. And she's like, there's no secret. And you told my sister that you were expecting a hippie girl and you want me to dress down. Dr. Pepper is like, well, I could tell that Kristen was angry. And Kristen cuts her off. And she's like, it's embarrassing is what it like to be. In this position, in front of everyone, it's embarrassing. She starts crying. I'm like, what a train wreck this is. <laughs> I'm like, this is too much. Doc, Dr. Pepper, again, opens her mouth to speak, and she's like, uh, I think your husband can support you through this. I think you can get through it. And Kristen is like, I'm going to stop you right there, Dr. Pepper. I'm an advocate of experience, but I will not accept that he's uh, attracted to me enough and that he's come far in this journey. I am done. I'm done. And Dr. Pepper is like, I'm sorry. And Chris is like, I don't need an apology from you. From you. I was like, I don't even know what's going <laughs> on. Dr. Pepper needs to just exit. Just exit because you got yourself into the middle of this mess with these, these two people. And so she says she needs it from Mitch. Mitch is kind of stammering. And he says this is blindsiding to him. All of a sudden, Kristen is hollering. Is it blindsiding to anybody? And people were like, I didn't even no. know what was happening. I was just like, I don't even know. Chaos. Alexis is like, nobody should be halfway attracted to you. And Mitch, in his talking head, is like, I guess he's unsure of how we got here, but he says it's regrettable to him. That's all I got. What did you? What? What did I miss? I mean, honestly, that was pretty much it. I mean, Goodness. there was so much happening between Mitch and Kristen, and then. Um, just with with Justin and and the dominance and the reciprocation and this was a mess. This group outing was a mess. Truly, it was indeed messy. It was. It was like you know. I guess and again back to what I was saying earlier. I guess they had to have this group outing so the experts could appear. Mm. But that was probably one of the worst uh, times for them to show up because they walked on in and Dr. Pepper sat right on that shit and had to deal with what's her face. It just wasn't, uh, probably wasn't good. And I don't think there was any way she could salvage it. So we do get a little sneaky peek, I guess. Next episode, they're supposed to have prom. Lindy never had one because religion. And we see some tension between Lindy and Miguel. He is trying to correct her. And then they have some kind of massive breakdown where she says he's rejecting her. Mm-hmm. She's crying. Well, I think um, it looks like she, like, like did something that or said something that was like a little disparaging and he was like don't talk to me like that yeah he was like Um, you never talk to me like that kind of like reprimanding her almost in the way a parent would speak to you well Um, and not even like okay i don't know if it's like a i wouldn't even call it like how a parent like i i saw that as like look like there's just some ways that you just cannot talk to me ever and I mm-hmm. feel like because she does play around a lot and she just be kiki in. And sometimes you really got to be like, hold up, <laughs> hold up. Actually, never speak to me like that. So I actually didn't really take it like, mm-hmm. you better. Da, 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 da. But again, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see next week for sure. Yeah, we'll I mean, see. I feel. I know I play around a lot. And sometimes people like got to get me straight, but <laughs> right. I mean, sometimes you got to get, sometimes, you know, you got to get me straight. I'm like, you know what? You're right. My bad. My bad. You got it. Yeah. I sometimes like, it. I didn't realize it was that deep. I was just 
but you know, you never you never know what people are experiencing. So, oh, that's crazy. Uh-oh. Featuring Gracie this episode. Um, but yeah, it seems like he's correcting her, and then it continues on to the next day, I guess, because it looks like she has another jumpsuit on. Um, <laughs> not a jumpsuit. <laughs> another little jumpsuit that's orange this time. So it's not the same one we've seen these last two episodes, but another one. That's when he's rejecting her because she it looks like she's asking for a hug and he's well, like yeah, no just i don't want to hug you she's like oh can i have a hug it's like girl go on he doesn't go want on. the hug he's like i don't want to be close to you right now and she can't accept that it's just <sighs> chaos and confusion um but okay are you watching anything this week or or have um you been so i finished uh pretty little liars um oh, nice. i finished that that's on hbo max um, it's called The Original Sin. It is so good, so dark, um, not for children. Is this related to the other episode? Like, do you need to watch the other ones to have no, know what's going on? No, okay. you do not. It's so good, though. So finish that. Um, and then, yeah, I've just been watching Housewives. So, yeah, finish Pretty Little Liars, Original Sin, HBO Max. I'm going to finish Housewives, and then I'm going to start on C, uh, season two. I'm very much behind. C? Um, so C is oh. a show on Apple TV. Y'all know I'm obsessed with Jason Momoa. Like, literally. Like, if yes, I saw you told him, us about this. If I saw this man in the streets and he came up to me and, like, I don't know, dominance, <laughs> like, I would. He does work. have a nice dominant energy. <laughs> right? He's got some Com- good dominant energy. Compared to. Justin I mean, there's no comparison. I'm about to say, there's no comparison. <laughs> but I am yeah. obsessed with Jason Momoa. I am behind. Apparently, there's like a season three, like already. So, like, I have missed like quite a lot of things. Um, so, I need to jump back in. I'm also behind on Ted Lasso, also behind on Severance. I'm behind on all of my Apple oh, TV man. shows and physical. I'm behind on all of them. So. Is that the exercise one, like jazz size? Yes, it's so good too. Apple TV has some good. I think programming. I'm behind on that. I've been it watching some good programming. What do I watch on Apple TV? Is that the one where Loot is, or is that? Yes, it is. Prime. I like Loot. I was watching that, but the show I'm actively watching um, right now. Uh, well, a couple things. Big Brother had this finale. Congratulations to the. Oh winner. yeah, I saw that. Um, that was an intense little roller coaster there for a while. Now that that's ended, Survivor and Amazing Race have started, which are two of my other favorite shows. And then Great British Bake Off is back after a long year without them. Um, so, you know, just a little something light to massage the stress of the world. Um, there's a lot going on across the world, so, you know, y'all be mindful to not let that bombard your, your mental health too much. Um, yeah. Anything else? I think that's it. Um, like us on Instagram, Twitter. Like um, us. And we will be back. You like us. You really like us. We'll be next back next week, week. with um, hopefully some really exciting recaps about this, I don't know, this couple's retreat. Feels like they be having retreats all week. Every week. Because all yeah, they this, do is I guess this is other. actually a retreat, but they, I don't know where they're going. They probably like go up the coast somewhere. They don't go too yeah, far. it is probably, probably really nice. They have a unlimited options in california yeah okay Okay. well girls and guys and thems um we'll see y'all next week thanks guys bye bye